Welcome to Grow Your Influence Tree with your host, Leonard Kim. This is the show especially for those that want to be among the top influencers of the world. We'll help you build your brand, tell the most compelling story, build your reputation and grow your audience, and attract the top clients and customers. Listen to the experts. Think like they do, and you'll be on your way. Now, here's Leonard Kim. Hey everyone, Leonard Kim here, and I got a very special guest today. His name's Brian Folan, and he's actually my business partner over at Influence Tree. What we're going to be getting into today is how you really know when it's time to go. Like back a few years ago in 2013, I started writing and started on that path to change my whole life. I had to make a decision, and that decision was based on me realizing that it was time to go. Ryan, recently, have you had one of those decisions where you're like, you know what, for me to go as well? You know, I make that decision almost daily, and I ask myself two questions. One is, is this opportunity on brand? Two, is this opportunity going to make me money? And if the answer is yes to both of them, there's a chance I'll do it. If the answer is yes to one of them and no to the other, I really have to think on it. And if the answer is no to both, if it's not on brand and if it doesn't make me money, that's when I know it's time to go. And you know what? I just got out of a relationship recently, too. And at that time, I realized it was time to go, too. So where should we start with this conversation, Brian? Where should we really start? Well, let's first start with identifying opportunities and choosing highest, best value opportunities to start with. Because you can't decide it's time to go unless you get yourself into an opportunity. And I think that what we see a lot... Say again? Okay, sure. So first thing you have to do is really go out there and find an opportunity. Like I'm going to be speaking about how you know it's time to go over in Banff in February over at the Gathering Conference. And within that, uh, what happens at each of these seminars each year or these workshops or these um, conventions or whatever you want to call them is people come there and they're like, oh, my God, this is like the most exciting thing I've ever seen in my entire life. But when I go back to work and present these ideas to my boss, they're like, huh, that's a little far-fetched. That's a bigger opportunity than what you can really handle. This isn't something that our company wants to work on right now. So you bring back these big dreams, and they get crushed once you get back into that office. Is that an opportunity? Well, I think that's a classic syndrome of conferences where you go and you learn all these great insights and you come back and then you try to implement them. There might be higher-ups that say, no, you can't even do this, but you might actually try to implement the strategy that you learned in one of the breakout sessions. And then you might try it and then continue to try it and try it and you might not see the results. And at a certain point, you have to decide whether or not this new strategy or tactic is something to actually continue with or to let go. And I think... For me, one of the things that I believe you helped me out with originally is not being afraid to spend more time on less opportunity. So describe to people what a mess I was when I first met you. 
Sure. So when I first met Ryan, he's like, hey, guys, guess what? I want to write 10 blog articles. I want to do 20 videos. I want to be at 30 conferences. I want to speak. I want to do all these different things. And it's like, <laughs> when do you want to do this in? And you're like, three days. I'm like, okay, Ryan, come on. Let's bring you back to reality. So, I mean, it's really easy. If you go to a conference, if you go somewhere and see opportunity, to want to go out there and do all these big things. I mean, everyone wants success, and they all want it to happen overnight. The problem is the world just doesn't work that way, right? Yeah, and I think you describe me as a chicken running around with its head cut off. And I think that uh, it's exactly what it was. And you go to a conference, or you meet somebody new, or you connect with them on LinkedIn, and you're like, oh my gosh, this is going to be so great. One more thing to, like, one more plate to spin. So I think the first, the first real barrier that people need to get over as far as deciding when it's time to go, you first need to make sure that you have some sort of a filtration or a funneling process so that the opportunities that you're actually doing are the highest and best value. So I would say before it's even time to decide when it's time to go, you need to focus on narrowing down what it is you're investing your time in. Because if you're not investing your time into something that is an opportunity, it's, it's not going to work out. It could work out, possibly, if you had more time for it. So I think people cut themselves short. I think before you even do that, what you really have to do is figure out where you want to go. Like, what do you want to do? I mean, you could be sick and tired of being sick and tired. Kind of like I was at Honda, sitting around going, oh, my God, I'm earning $16.24 an hour. This is getting absolutely nowhere. What should I do? Like, I didn't know. So I tried different things like going back to school, like applying for other jobs, like starting to write. I knew I wanted to leave. I just didn't know what I wanted to do when I leave. Do you think, how important do you think it is to decide what you want to do when you're ready to go? Well, what you want to do and the person who you want to become is totally step number one. And if you, uh, if you're, I know you're aware of it, but there's the five whys and maybe you can explain the history of the five whys when it came to uh, Asian manufacturing in cars and how that can actually translate to helping you figure out why you are actually doing what you're doing. It kind of starts with the why, right? You're talking about so, what, but it's about so the why. Maybe you don't even get to the why. You go straight for the why, just like Ryan is indicating here. So in Japan and Japanese manufacturing, what really happens is there's a five why process. And I'll walk you through how this process works. Let's say there's a little dinging sound in the engine on the car and the assembly line. It goes ding, 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 ding right? Ding, 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 And, and ding. you're like, why is it dinging? So you go, oh, maybe it's the, uh, maybe it's the rotator cuff, right? So you look at the rotator cuff, and you're like, okay, it could be the rotator wait, cuff. Wait, wait a minute. The rotator Leonard, cuff? <laughs> Leonard <laughs> the rotator cuff is something on the human. Oh, let's say. I meant the, um, <laughs> I mean, why is it, why is it, uh, why is it dinging? Oh, it could be coming from the engine block, right? There you go. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> then you have to go, why is the engine block um, dinging? Oh, it could be because the material that was used to make the engine block isn't um, the same material that we used the year prior, and we switched that material. And you could try switching it out to see if that changes anything, right? All right, let's say, yep. or 
maybe it's a design flaw. Maybe it's this. So you have to go and identify what went wrong. Then you have to go to the next level, then the next level, and the next layer until you find the root issue or the cause. Because, like, let's say a cylinder is misfiring. You could go, okay, is it because of the oil? Okay, it is because of the oil. What changed with the oil? What changed with this? Oh, it's because of the oil. It's because the manufacturer for the oil stopped using this specific ingredient in the oil. Why did they stop doing that? And why is it making this change? What can we do to fix it, right? So what you're doing is you're really boiling down to the root issue of the problem. And most people look at their surface problem like, oh, my God, my life sucks. Oh, my God, my job sucks. Oh, my God, this sucks, that sucks, that sucks. I need to change. But why is it that you need to change? You have to get to the root of those issues. So, like, let's use my last relationship as an example. I'm like, oh, my God, my relationship sucks. It's like, oh, why does my relationship suck? Oh, it's because, <laughs> um, right, give me a reason why my relationship sucked. <laughs> Well, because she was mean to you. <laughs> okay, why was she mean to me? Well, because she was uh, immature. Why was she immature? Because she didn't have m- as much life experience as someone who you should deserve having. Okay, and why didn't she have enough life experience uh, for someone I deserve having? Because she's younger. And why does that matter? That matters because if you don't have experience in dating or in life experiences, then you're not going to go through the ups and downs that happen when you learn how relationships should work. And then you're going to be participating in a relationship in an immature fashion. And that might end up being uh, superficial and mean and not genuine. Wow, that was so much more PG than how I would have put it. (laughs) But hey, you know what? This is great. By going down and getting to the root of the problem, what we realized in this situation is I was dating someone who was way too young for me, a little bit too immature, and was going out there and and didn't have the same values as me in life. And what would happen if I kept going down that route and kept dating her? Well, it would have been misery for you and... Probably um, just another another experience for her, you know? I, I mean, I think that what I'm thinking about here with this five whys is that, like, just as much as you have to figure out what, what it is within a car or what it is within a relationship, at the end of the day, it has to do with what you want. And if we're going to translate mm-hmm. that to business, it's going to be what is your personal brand? What do you want to be known for? What type of person do you want to be? If somebody is describing you, how would they describe you? And I'll tell you what, if I was going to describe your ex-girlfriend, like the personal brand that she has basically created is this immature, fickle, gold-digging, <laughs> mean person, right? But like, that's the, like, at the end of the day, that is her brand. Because here's the thing. You have a personal brand no matter what. And as soon as you dig into those five whys of what's going on and what's going wrong and why, 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 and you get to that core of your personal brand, that's when you get to take control of the narrative. And it's really the first step in knowing when you need to go because if you don't know where you want to go, then you don't know uh, and you're going you're gonna to be misguided or you might stay in either relationships business or personal or opportunities or services longer than you should. 
Now, what I like to do and attach upon this 5Y concept is the concept of be, do, have. Now, a lot of people out there, they're like, you know what? I want to have a million dollars. I want to have a successful relationship. I want to go out there and be famous. I want to be the best in my industry, right? You hear this all the time, right? Yeah. And people just believe what they have to do is just go and do what it takes to get there, right? So if I do, I have, right? If I do, I have. I do, I have. I do, I have. And how yeah. many people do you see going out there doing the things to try to have these things? Well, they're doing a lot of things to have things, but they're not necessarily focused on the right things that they're doing. But Here, now, see, another. because of this, how many people are going out there doing these things to have these things and actually achieving them? Well, they're they're falling short. At there, a lot what they of them are have. falling short, right? It's like maybe like one to five percent of the people who are actually doing it are actually achieving these things, right? Yeah, and that's because they're missing a crucial step in the process. In order, before you can even do what it takes to have what you want, you have to become the person who deserves these things, become the person that earn, earns these things, become the person who attracts these things to you, right? Yep. So, like, let's say you want to go out there and be known as the best um, athlete in the, uh, in the uh, running space, right? Okay. You have to first become the best athlete in the running space, right? No, before that, you have to take on the habits and the daily rituals and the diet and the motivation and the determination and all these core principles to get there. And I think oftentimes people exactly. look for shortcuts. You have to people become the person. You have to become the person who is the best athlete by going out there and changing your diet, changing your routine, going out there and exercising, going out there and training every single day of your life, right? Yep. You have to become that person, not just physically but mentally as well. And a lot of people really skip this step of the process. They don't go out there and they don't become who they need to become before they go out there and accelerate their way to success. They're just like, you know what, I'm just going to go run. But they're missing the foundation. And that foundation is what really separates the weak from the bald. You know what this makes me think about is that we'll often talk to people who want us to help them monetize their brand. Right? This is the big buzzword. And they want us to help them find a way to get more uh, clients to buy their products or their services. Newsflash, people don't want to buy products or services. They're buying into you first. And if you are not that established runner who has a track record, literally, and kind of punny, of being someone who is a day-in, day-out athlete and their, their behaviors match it, then you know, you're, if you see that as a pattern, then you might hire them as a coach. But you're not going to have a runner who doesn't have credibility or established proof or a track record. You're not going to hire them as a coach if they're out drinking on the weekends and they're, they're eating McDonald's number one with two cheeseburgers and, and different things like this. So, I think Wait, you're telling me that if I want to be a fitness coach, I can't go out there and eat McDonald's every single day and not um, drink beers on the weekend and not work out? That's exactly what I'm saying. Because you're I'm telling me buy, that. <laughs> I'm not going to buy. You're not going to buy from me? No. <laughs> Why not? Because your actions and the person you are 
and your brand and my perception of you are not in line with what I want. I want somebody, if I want a fitness coach, I want somebody who's fit. I want somebody who's teaching me and leading by example. So in order to have that lifestyle where you're able to attract fitness clients, you have to first be living that lifestyle that you want to really promote, right? Yeah. Then right after that, you have to start doing what it takes to get the clients. Then you can have the results, right? Right. And Isn't that so insane how that works? Like you can't just go and eat McDonald's and get the same results from being a fitness trainer. Like so one of my that's favorite, mindset. One of my favorite. One of my favorite quotes, Leonard, is that successful people, and let's just say successful fitness athletes, successful fitness coaches, and you can substitute this for just about uh, anybody, successful fitness coaches are not doing what everybody else cannot do. Successful fitness coaches are doing what everyone can do, but not everyone does. That's really the difference. So uh, a successful mechanic is, doing, is not doing the things that everyone else cannot do. They're doing the things that everyone can do but nobody does, right? So whatever it is, your profession, whatever it is, uh, before you start getting to this conversation of when is it time to let things go, stop and take a look at yourself and see what your actions, your habits, your daily routines are in that, like, are you positioning yourself as someone who is credible and uh, in a spot of authority before you even think about leaving. And the chances are mm. you're, you're doing a bunch of different stuff so that you can have stuff, but you haven't put in the work to clearly organize um, this, this, your thought process, your mentality, and your actions to be super clear. So when anybody describes you, they're describing you in a way that you want to be described. Cool. So I have a quick question. And right after this question, we're going to hop off to a commercial break. But like, let's say you're a girl who wants a guy to go out there and buy them a horse, buy them a Mercedes and set them up for their whole life. Would you have to be the type of person who's like a lying, cheating girl who goes out there and just flirts with everyone? Or would you have to be like loyal and like caring and actually be in it for the long run to make that happen? Just a question out of pure curiosity. Okay, well, let's jump to commercial break, and I'll think about that. I'll come back to you with a solid answer. Sure, we're going to hop <laughs> off to a commercial break, and we'll be back soon. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. It's time to unlock some of the best kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. 
Want to improve your health, business, and life just by listening to a radio show? Well, we can at least move you in the right direction. Listen for Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. Each week, Allison will speak with amazing guests and find out what's changed their lives and how they are changing the lives of others. From beauty to health to business and personal relationships, we're here to inspire you to live your life of passion. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers channel hear the stories be motivated be inspired join us today voice america influencers this is grow your influence tree to reach leonard kim or his guest call into the program at 1-866-472-5795 That's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Hey, everyone. We're back here again. Leonard Kim with Ryan Fullman. And we're going, we're, we've been covering a sensitive topic, and that's really how you know how you know when it's time to go. And I think things have been so exciting that on Ryan's and I heard some dogs barking in the background. Are they pretty excited about this topic as well? Yeah, specifically Corkies, and they're still barking. They're really excited about this topic. They're like, woof, woof, woof. Tell us more. Tell us more. How do you know when it's time to go? <laughs> now, before we hopped off to this commercial break, we started off with a question. What was that question, Ryan? I believe it was, if you're the type of girl who wants somebody to buy you a Mercedes-Benz, a horse, and other stuff, what type of person should you be? Should you be um, you know, a conniving, cheating, mean person, or should you be someone who is nice and loyal and kind and caring. Is that about right? Uh, I, I think it was pretty similar. Should you be the type of person who um, bails out on their boyfriend on their birthday to go hang out with their friends and decide to go <laughs> ditch you? Or should you be the type of person who, even if you're not having fun, you just stick around and pretend that you are for a little bit because it's someone's birthday? <laughs> well, I think that the answer is uh, is what I would hope would be an obvious one. And it's that if you're asking the question about whether like the behavior to have somebody buy you a Mercedes Benz and a horse or whatnot, that's probably just a red flag in the beginning uh, that this is maybe not the type of person (laughs) to be uh, hanging out (laughs) with. So, so you know what, this is actually an interesting point when it comes to how do you know when to go? I think we oftentimes see these big red flags early on, but we have this hope or this idealized situation that we're looking for. Let's clarify this. I don't know if she ever said, hey, I want you to buy me a Mercedes. (laughs) Okay. Okay, good. But did you get that feeling? Uh, Yeah. Okay. And I think she actually confirmed (laughs) some of this sentiment towards the end. But I, I think it really comes down to, regardless of the particulars, whether it's buying a horse or a car or just, you know, wanting somebody to buy dinner or even the, some small stuff, I think that let's assume for the fact of our conversation that you figured out your why. You're, you're looking for a healthy relationship or you're looking for a healthy business partner or you're looking for a successful opportunity. 
I think early on we have this like Chinese wall, uh, which is actually a, a real term about how you are so caught up in the moment that you have this like Chinese wall to where you really don't, you might see these red flags, but you, and you might even acknowledge the red flags. But is this like when you see a pyramid scheme for the first time and you're like, oh my God, I got to join? Wait, say that again? Oh yes, yes, pyramid scheme. Yes, you're all excited, right? And then something sounds fishy and it's kind of weird, but then you're just like caught up in the hype and you keep going. So you I got to recruit that, three to recruit three more, to recruit three more, to recruit three more. <laughs> the next thing you know, you have a whole army of people and you're earning $10 from each of them. And, and you're making billions of dollars. If it sounds too good to be true, it's probably too good to be true. But I think, like, like let's talk about early warning detection systems. Right? We all have fire alarms in our house, and there's a reason. We also have carbon monoxide detectors. Leonard, why do we have fire alarms and carbon monoxide detectors in our house? So when you burn something on your stove, the thing could go off and tell you that you burned something in your stove, even though you clearly saw that you burned it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's good. But Just maybe talking if you're from sleeping, personal experience here. Right, but if you're sleeping and maybe all of a sudden something ignites and you're not aware of it, and that early detection system is going to give you a notification, like this piercing, screeching noise, so that you have to pay attention and get up so that your house doesn't burn down with you inside of it. I think that a good way of, of being aware of... Uh, red flags is like maybe building your own fire alarm system, right? Like what kind well, of a fire well, alarm system can you we build? Fire, for, for you hear the fire alarm, right? The smoke's all in the room. Isn't it too late to go and save anything except for yourself? Well, you're the most important thing to save. But still, your watch goes down in flames. Your laptop goes down in flames. Your family <laughs> photos. Everything's gone. It's like scorched earth. And all that's left is you. Okay, so, so we're on to something here. It's not about having a fire alarm. It's about having um, the wherewithal to have all of your appliances up to date and safety checks and, like, preventative maintenance. So Wait, didn't really Joseph about- Bradley talk about this, the check engine light? Once a check engine light came on in his daughter's car, what ended up happening <laughs> is, like, 10 seconds later, the engine blew up. So he had the yeah. warning sign. But the warning sign came too late. Then the engine blew because it was so oil. Right. And if you're in a relationship, whether it's a, a relationship that's romantic or one that's a business, there's probably other people that see signs that they might not even, uh, you know, identify. So an early detection system still isn't good enough. And if a, if a, if a check engine light isn't good because it'll, <laughs> it's basically just saying your car is going to blow up now, you have to be more diligent about checking the oil in the first place and having the, the relationship maintenance and asking yourself those why questions along the way. So what are some steps you could do to really go out there and figure out if something's going to blow up before it's going to blow up? Or if well, it's listen, even know, the right I, thing to go after. I know it's cathartic to talk about uh, your past relationship. So I'll give you the chance here. Do you, do you want to discuss about romantic relationships, you want to talk about business relationships? Because there are similarities, believe it or not. I mean, you can go and answer this however you want. Okay, so let's talk about business relationships, and then we will make analogies to romantic relationships. Okay, sounds great. (laughs) So I would say the first step 
in, uh, let's say you meet somebody on LinkedIn, somebody introduces you on LinkedIn, or you're at a party and you, uh, you meet somebody and you think that they would be uh, an interesting business partner or they've got some sort of, uh, whether it's multi-level or not, they've got an opportunity, right? I would say the first thing that you need to do is wait 24 hours and cyberstalk them. <laughs> okay, what if you find nothing? If you find nothing, then uh, step number two would be have an actual face-to-face meeting. I think that meeting people face-to-face is way more uh, insightful than if you met them over Skype or over the phone because people can hide behind that technology. And when you actually meet somebody face-to-face, I think that would be important. So if they were like... How do you know whether they're wasting your time or not? That's a well, pretty big commitment to go out there and meet someone face to face. Right, but it's kind of like dating, right? You never know unless you go. W- would you tell me to go meet someone face to face? If they presented, if you met them in person, like if you met them, well, uh-huh. if you met them and in a networking event where it's kind of informal and you don't have a chance, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, I like what you're doing. It sounds great. I have this thing that I'm doing, and, and I'd love to talk more about it." Okay, cool. If that makes sense for your established why, for your established brand, if it's something that's not going to add another plate, if it's within the realm that uh, you are already going, then yeah, then it might be an opportunity to meet them for coffee or for lunch or something like that. What if they're being really sketchy with what they're doing and they're like, I'll tell you the details in person. Red flag. Red flag. Yeah, early detection system. Ooh. And what do you do when you have that red flag? You move on.com. I, you know, so this okay. is an interesting point. Like, I think it's, it's probably better to move on earlier than it is to get stuck in a spot realizing that you should have moved on earlier. There's this, uh, I had a mentor one time who told me, uh, you can never fire someone soon enough, Right. Ryan, you're fired. <laughs> no. Oh, no. <laughs> but, uh, but actually... Um, was uh, that soon cor- enough or was that too soon? That was pretty quick. That was pretty quick. Uh, I could probably file a, a, a labor lawsuit against you because it was baseless. <laughs> oh, cool. Okay. You're, you're rehired. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Um, oh, yay. So, We're back to uh, doing the show. Yay. So I've had a, as have you had a chance to, to meet and get to know Courtney and Carter Ream, who have a, a really cool book that's coming out January 16th called uh, Shortcut Your Startup. Shortcutyourstartup.com, I, I believe. I believe you can buy the, the, the book on Amazon as a pre-order right now, which I've already gotten one. I bought like seven for my friends for Christmas who all need and an guess actual what? You get unconventional blueprint. wisdom from the trenches. Yeah, I mean, these guys were Goldman Sachs and uh, worked on Kevin Plank's uh, IPO for Under Armour and then realized that they are truly entrepreneurs. They went out there, they started Vive, which is a, a, now a massive vodka brand, but at the time they were like selling it out of their Prius and they got national distribution and then they cashed out and sold it to an international company. Then they started M13 and then they... Uh, have like 130 different investments, a huge portfolio with all these like unicorns and stuff. And secretly I'm super jealous, but secretly I'm also inspired. 
And And at the very beginning of their journey, what ended up happening is they had label issues. Their freaking um, ship uh, got hit by an iceberg and was stranded at sea. So they had their (laughs) shipment late. And their first shipment, like what happened was all the products started changing colors. So it started to look like urine. So, I mean, they've had their rough rough journeys along the road to get to where they are today but now they're some of the most respected people in the world they're working with Eric Garcetti the mayor of Los Angeles they're going out there and being Goldman Sachs innovate digital innovators and some trending thing and they're really going out there making like some huge strides in society even launching this new book and they've yeah. been able to I, I guess I'll let Brian take it from here well no well one of the things I was going to point out one of the things that stuck me stuck with me was um, their their look on team building when it comes to building a team. And I think this is interesting because we're talking about business relationships and how it's analogous to relationships that you have in, you know, romantically. But if you're an entrepreneur and you are hiring people, you're basically hiring them and you you they're joining your team and they become part of your team. It's like they become part of your family and there's a relationship there. And it's really interesting their insight about how, you know, you have this 90-day window uh, to really get to know somebody and give them the chance. But the idea is that, like, it's really hard to fire somebody when they're, like, they're, they're, they're kind of good, but they're kind of not. It's easy to fire somebody if they totally suck. Like, if you hire somebody or you date somebody and they're just, they're just not good people and it does not a match, like, it's easy to fire them. It's easy to dump them. But what becomes difficult is when they're like, oh, they're good and bad. So, like, your ex-girlfriend, there's things about her that was really cool, but then things about her that were really not cool. And so what I think the Rian brothers had, right, is you have this, like, 90-day period or a certain, a certain period where you are kind of, like, you're looking for the good and the bad, and you're, you're judging it out. And the worst thing you can do is stay with an employee or an employer or a girlfriend or a boyfriend or a business partner if it's good and bad and it's not just like good, right? Like there's a certain trial Uh-oh. period, wouldn't you think? So it can't just be more good than bad. It should be all good or all bad. <laughs> uh, well, let's think about them. <clears throat> like, yeah, you want, a, you want a good girlfriend. You want somebody who's like awesome and loves you and supports you and is, is nice to you. But if you have a girlfriend that's like... What if, she eats nice- your last pe- what, what if she eats the last piece of the food that's on your plate? Is that a good that's girlfriend okay. or a bad I, I, girlfriend? <laughs> that's cool. I know that you eat at nice places, so I'm sure I don't, I don't hold her accountable for eating the last bite because it's usually good food, right? Okay, but cool. the idea is, like, think of, think of this idea of an employee, right? Like, it's easy to fire somebody when they're really bad and do a bad job. It's easy to, it's easy to dump somebody when, they're, when they do things that are, like, bad. Uh, <clears throat> and it's really easy to keep somebody as an employee or a boyfriend, girlfriend, when they're like amazing. But it's that middle ground that's really difficult when it comes to determining whether or not it's time to go, right? Okay, let, let me toss out a hypothetical situation here. You got an employee, okay. they're on your sales team, they bring in $100,000 in sales every single month, but they steal every single snack you have out of the snack room every single day and keep them all to themselves. And they're like, this is my snack kingdom. Is that a good employee or a bad employee? And you let them go or you keep them? Um, <clears throat> the crow in the background is definitely chirping in here. And I think I'm, I'm like, in agreement. Bad, 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 bad. <laughs> <laughs> fire, fire, bad, bad, bad. Um, I would say 
any employee that is stealing, regardless of how much income they're bringing in, uh, would not be on the same moral compass as, as I would as an employer. See, the so crow totally agrees. Uh, yeah, I think the crows really got the point down here. They're like, go, 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 get out, get out, get out, get out, get out. So it doesn't really matter how much money this employee is bringing in or how great this girlfriend is. If they have some shady like trait to them, they just got to go, right? Yeah, because what, it's really a red flag for the future. Like if somebody that you are dating, you find out that they're, they're messing around on you and you're like, oh, I'll forgive them. Guess what? they're going to continue to do that or they're just going to hide it from you in the future. And it's just setting yourself up for failure. So Ugh. I think people really show their true colors. Like this comes back to the personal brand, right? Like if you know somebody who's like not always honest, they're not always going to be honest. <laughs> That's why you think of them like that. That is true. Right. And then a, a personal brand is really just a reflection of who you are already. Right. <laughs> You yeah, hear the crow go, yeah, yeah, yeah. The crow is very much into that comment. The crows have a personal brand for sure, too. But yeah, it, yeah. I think your personal brand is, is the intersection between what people think about you and what you want to be thought about. And for those people who think that their brand is just what they want people to think about them, they're wrong. Yeah, I mean, it's not like, if, like let's say I want to be like, the coolest, I, I want to live like this luxury lifestyle. So I go out there and I'm like, oh, I'm going to go take pictures of me at the SLS hotel. I'm going to go take pictures of me shopping and doing all this cool stuff. Like, just because I think that the world's going to see me as this person doing all these great things, it doesn't really mean that everyone else is going to see me as this person doing all these great things. They might have other thoughts like, oh, what's Leonard doing to live this lifestyle? Is he and what's interesting playing? about that is that if, if you're sort of putting on a fake facade of what you want people to think that you are and you're really not, then you might get stuck in situations with girlfriends or business partners that really aren't good for you. That's because you're sort of leading a fake life. So if, if, oh. you're, if you're with someone who is, uh, you know, essentially wanting to uh, you know, use you for your money and you're showcasing that you're all about the money, then you're kind of, you might be setting yourself up for that. So I well, think you really attract the, the people that you want to attract and you have to pay attention to that. It's, it's, it's very much a branding concept. Well, you know me, I wear t-shirts. I wear like a $50 hoodie when I go out. I wear like shoes. They're like gazillions of years old. I don't know, baggy. But let's, you know what? We'll, we'll get back into that after this commercial break. Let's just hop off for a few seconds. You can find Brian Fullen at Brian Fullen online. And you can find me at Leonard Kim. You can Google us and find us. We're everywhere. But we'll be back after this commercial break and we'll talk more about this personal branding thing. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. I'm busy and so is my family. Leftover pizza and unhealthy takeout isn't really doing it for us anymore. 
Just ask my bathroom scale. That all changed when I found Freshly. For less than $10 a meal, Freshly delivers six meals a week, always fresh, never frozen, prepared by top chefs and nutritionists using the best, freshest, gluten-free ingredients. The best part is the menu is always new and fresh, just like the food, and it only takes three minutes for me to prepare breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and there's no messy cleanup and no dishes. My family loves the choices and the taste and freshly delivers to my home and my office so I eat healthy all day every day. If you're tired of the same old cardboard delivery and takeout, try out Freshly.com today and save $20 on your first order using coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Your taste buds and your scale will thank you. So save 20 bucks today with coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Would you like to make more money, help more people, and have more fun? Tune in to Noah St. John's Money Mindset and Marketing Mastery Show because you'll discover the money, mindset, and marketing skills that will help you create the abundant lifestyle you desire. As an international keynote speaker, best-selling author, and thought leader, Noah helps business owners increase their income, influence, and impact. So tune in to Noah St. John's Money Mindset and Marketing Mastery Show live every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. This is Grow Your Influence Tree. To reach Leonard Kim or his guest, call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Hey everyone, welcome back. Leonard Kim here with Ryan Fullen, and we're really going to be going over in this segment of the conversation how you really know it's time for you to go. Up to this point, we gave you a few situations on what you really need to do, like you need to go out there and discover the five whys. You have to go and go through that process of be, do, and have. And you have to really look at red flags and things before the checking engine lights even show up on your vehicle. So now, let's take it back for a moment. Let's really think back, like, how do you really know when it's time to go? You end up at a conference. You're given this big dream. You end up back in the office. You're sitting there. You're like, oh, man, I have all these big ideas. My boss won't let these happen. I don't know what to do. Should I stay? Should I go? What should I do with my life? Like, this, this last conference was really the best part of my entire job because I've learned so much. I got so inspired. But when I come back to reality, nothing is working. But what do I want to do? What do I want to change? Like, how do I really know if I should be doing something else? Or should I just stay here and just ride it out? Much like looking at those employees and wondering, oh, this person's making me a lot of money, but they're stealing my chips. You just got to let them go, right? It's the exact same situation here. Is your employer helping you get to where you want to go? Is by staying at your job, will you be satisfied? Will you find fulfillment? Will you find what you're looking for in life? Are these things going to happen for you or are they not? Like, about a few months ago, me and uh, my boss, Christopher, we were sitting in an office together and we were looking at pictures of Banff and watching videos for about an hour straight. 
And during that time, I was like, yeah, you know, I'm going to be speaking up there. And he's like, well, I'm going to be going on vacation for about a week, too, and I'm going skiing on all these other things. So we're like, you know what? Let's check out all this stuff together. And while we were looking all, all over it, he turned to me and he asked me a question. He's like, hey, Leonard, are you ready? I'm like, are, are you, am I ready for what? He's like, are you ready to go? I'm like, go where? You know, like, leave this position. I'm like, uh, I don't think I'm ready yet. Why are you? He's like, yep, I'm absolutely ready to go. And that was the time when he was completely checked out of exactly what he was doing and ready to move on to go on to bigger and better things. But how do you take that decision of realizing that you want to go out there and do something different and actually implement it into reality? Now, me, I had a similar situation in my relationship where I'm like, you know what? This girl, she's kind of um, out there. I don't know if I could really do this anymore. So I turned to her. I kissed her on the forehead. And I'm like, you know what? I can't do this anymore. It's over. Goodbye. And then she said, okay. Then I went to kiss her again. And she's like, you know what? Ew, don't kiss me anymore. You said we're done. So I did it. And I walked away. And... You know, sometimes you have to just walk away. Other times you have to stay in your position before you can actually leave. Now, let's say you have a hundred grand laying in the bank. Maybe you can just get up and go, but sometimes you need that. You need to make sure that you have that foundation that you can stand on before you go. And if that only foundation you have is that job, you might want to take that exit a little bit more slowly. Maybe you could do things like start working on your personal brand by writing articles, by writing thought leadership, by putting out the stories that happened in your life to really build up who you are. Maybe you could go out there and apply for other positions or find a co-founder who would be able to go out there and build a company of your dreams. Maybe you could go out there and look for um, different things that you could do. But you, you know what? The whole idea of everything is you really have to go out there and figure out exactly what to do and how to start. And that doesn't mean you have to take a big leap into what you want to do because some people go, oh, I'm going to have to sacrifice everything, burn bridges, burn the entire bridge, then go out there and do something different. And other people are like, you know what, I'm going to take baby steps and see if something else works. And some people are just too scared to even move. But you know where's the best place to go? It's not burning the bridge behind you. It's not going out there and doing nothing. It's taking every single thing one step at a time. Are you ready to leave? Maybe it's time for you to write your bio. Maybe it's time for you to put up your website. Maybe it's time for you to write an article about your life. Maybe it's time to write an article about your expertise. Or maybe these are all the tiny little tasks that you need to do to go out there and build the brand that you've always wanted to have. Now, looking back at my life, looking back at Ryan's life, Four years ago, if you said, hey, Leonard, guess what? In four years, you're going to have 10 million people read your content. You're going to be followed by 500,000 people. You're going to be featured in every single major publication from CMO, Forbes, Fortune, uh, Fast Company, and all these other things. You're going to go do a TEDx talk. I'd be like, F you. You're full of it. There's no way any of this is going to happen. But guess what? It did. And that's because I took small, tiny baby steps. I started creating the habits on what I needed to do to become the person I wanted to be so I could have what I wanted to have. I didn't go out there and say, you know what, I'm going to go out there and make millions of dollars. I'm not, I never said I'm going to go out there and get 500,000 followers. I never said any of those things. All I did was I started to implement the habits of what a successful person has, just like Ryan has done. Ryan, can you talk a little bit about the habits that you've created to really go out there and change your life? 
Well, you had alluded to earlier the fact that I was trying to do all kinds of things within like a three-day period. And what I've chosen to do is, first of all, understand that uh, with anything, it's a long road. And it's really about setting expectations. So one of the things that I do is that every time I have something that I know I need to get done, whether it's sending an email, writing an article, or giving a talk, I will put that information on a post-it note. And the trick with putting it on a post-it note is that it puts it in a real form, real life that I can see. So when I have that post-it note with the exact uh, job that I have to do, I will put it into one of three folders that I have. One folder says now or never. The next folder says sooner it's or now later. It's now or never. <laughs> it's and sooner third, or later. <laughs> and the, the third one is get to eventually. So what I've done is I've created a system where when I know that I need to do something, I, wrote it, I write it on a post-it note, and then I put it into one of three folders. And then every day I try to work through the folder that's now or never. Every week I try to take a look at the things in the, uh, um, you know, sooner or later. And then every couple of weeks or every month I'll really look at the stuff that says eventually get to. And I'll even take it a step further. I will guess on how much time it will take me to do the task, and then I'll actually book it in my calendar, and that will help me to allocate the time to get it done. So for me, now, being able... Now, I have able, a question. Yes. When I first met you, did you do any of this? No. <laughs> <laughs> I would literally just think, oh, I got to do this. Oh, I got to do this. I got I to gotta do this. And I would, I would spend so much time doing so many things, but I would get very little done. And now I spend uh, a lot of time on a little number of things, and it yields massive results. Hey, who knew you would get a time management tip out of this, right? <laughs> so, Leonard, I, I really appreciate your kind of the laying out some of your stories and uh, the, the idea of how to know when to go, but two things came to mind. One, what if I'm scared? What if I'm scared to leave my job? What if I'm scared to leave my girlfriend? What if I'm scared to leave an opportunity on the table? And then the second question is, what specific things are you looking for? You know, you, you talked about, <clears throat> or we talked about red flags. We talked about early warning detection systems. We talked about, um, you know, uh, making sure that your oil is filled in your car. But those are the two things I want to know from you. What happens if I'm scared, right? Like, not, I, I don't know. I don't think fearful. I think I'm just, like, actually scared. And then secondly is, do you have certain things that, based on your experience, you look for that, like, are the actual red flags when it comes to knowing when to stay or go? Well, let's start with a scared question. What do you do when you're scared? When I was working at American Honda earning $16.24 an hour, I was scared. I was like, if I don't have this position, guess what? I'm going to lose my home. I'm not going to be able to afford the bus to work. I'm not going to be able to afford my $80 a month in groceries. Oh, wait, I can't afford my uh, $1.60 quesadilla anymore. 
And I was very scared of losing that income because it would have a detrimental impact on my life. It's like, if I don't keep having this job, what's going to happen? Am I going to have to go live back with grandma? Am I going to have to like give up on my dream to ever live alone? Am I going to have to go back to doing things and go back and uh, reverse direction than I already did? And in the relationship, it was the exact same thing. It's like, I'm scared. I'm scared of being alone. I'm scared of not having anyone with me. I'm scared of not being able to go and connect with someone daily, even if they are a not great person. Uh, like They're both scary situations. For the uh, job, what I had to do is, because of the position I was in financially, I had to take the slow route out. I had to write until my writing became bigger than my position at my job to afford me the opportunity to get out. Now, with my relationship, I just had to be like, you know what? I can't line up another relationship because that would put me into the same situation as her. What I need to do is I just need to cut it, go back, work on myself, become a better person, and attract the type of person that I really need in my life. So if you're scared... You just have to go back, reflect, and make a decision to really move and get out of that situation. And it doesn't have to be immediate unless you're like in something like abusive, something that's like horrible. But I mean, if, even if you're in a bad place, you can still move out of it. And what was the second question that you had again? What are specific things that are red flags to look for? Uh, because we talked about early detection systems, but the smoke's there, the fire's already there, you're already gone. Uh, the whole idea of checking the oil before your okay. car blows up. But what are some of the things that you have to see or that you identify to know it's time to go? Well, how do you really know when it's time to go? The first thing that you would look at is the culture. Are you really a culture fit for your business, for your company? Is everyone else like you or are they completely different? Are you in a fully corporate square box world, but you're a circle who's trying to be creative? Are you a square who's in the circle environment? Do you fit in? Can you go out with your friends or coworkers during happy hour? If you don't have a culture fit, you're never going to be promoted. You're never going to move up. You're never going to have a future at your company. And the sooner you recognize that you're not a culture fit, the better it is to leave as soon as possible. Another thing is, how long has it been since you got your last raise, your last promotion? Is there room to even be promoted at your position? Now, if you're at a small company and you're a marketing manager, chances are there's no marketing director at your company and you're at the highest position you are then. Is that where you want to end up? Is that where your um, end-all feature is, you have to really look at these different things because life gives you so few options to really move out there and go out there and do exactly what you want to do. And a lot of people, they keep playing with the hand that they were dealt. They're like, okay, so I see this girl. She's talking about how evil she is when she's in bed next to me. She's talking about how much a lifestyle matters to her more than anything else when lifestyle doesn't matter to me at all. She's talking about how she wants to portray success. And I'm sitting here going, success is all BS. It's all just hyper, hyper, hypothetical. And it's like, do these values actually match up to mine? Is she really a culture fit for me? And kind of like that culture fit for the business, relationships kind of go in that same way. And it's like, am I really doing the right thing from being here? Is this really the way I want to go? That culture fit is the most important thing. And the second thing is really how are you being treated? Are you being mocked at the office? Are you able to fit in? Are you being ridiculed? Are you being talked down upon? You really have to look at all these different things to really figure out if you're in the right business or not. Well, that answers both of those pretty spot on about being scared and what to look for. 
So I think that if there's any single women out there who are listening to the show, you have a good idea about Leonard. (laughs) No, no, I'm taken. But you should email uh, hello at leonardkim.com and uh, say, hey, uh, I might be a cultural fit for you. I'm not a gold digger. I'm not mean. I'm not going to be angry. I'm not going to be crazy. Uh, I just, I I know what, what I am and what I want. So there's plenty of ladies out there, Mr. Kim. And I think that uh, I'm happy for you that you've moved on. But guess what? That opens up another opportunity because with each door that shuts or each girlfriend that stops, there's another one that's lined up. (laughs) Exactly. And I really want to thank you for hopping on the show today and being one of my guests for this awesome episode on how you really know it's time to go. You can find Ryan Follin online. Just type in Ryan Follin. Take the take the line off the P and you get full in and you can Google him. You can look me up, like him. I'm everywhere online. So, you know what? We'll catch you next week and thank you again for joining this Influencers channel this week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for making us part of your week. Listen for Grow Your Influence Tree with Leonard Kim every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Stand out, stand apart, and become a top influencer. We'll see you here next week.